stuff that'll break. You know, because it could have been we not have an air conditioning to break. I okay? might not have had a well to get water from. Uh, so, you know, it's all good. Hurts the pocketbook, but it's all good. <laughs> uh, uh, good. Amen. Amen. Precious, isn't she? <laughs> I see you grinning. <laughs> Uh, any other praises, prayer requests? Go ahead, James. I got another kidney stone, but it, fortunately, this one wasn't like the last one. So, for the time, it hurts. Only certain times. Okay. Just pray it comes and goes quickly. Amen. Real quick. Any other? I pray for the rain. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I highly recommend that you go see the movie. Um, it will. Uh, it, I walked out angry and speechless, um, and so uh, you need to you need to check it out and see it. Uh, yes, Jerry. Yes. Um, also, Tuesday nights it's only seven dollars. I think Tuesday's a good day to go to the show. So yeah, that's what they $7. call it. Tightwad Tuesday. Tightwad Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> well, I went to Cheapskate Thursday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I say, what was it? Paid paid ten dollars for a ticket, but it cost me sixteen bucks for a large drink and a bag of popcorn. And that was, the popcorn and the drink was probably, the, you know, that was the main reason. You walk in the door and the first thing he smells that movie popcorn. Of course, for those of you who are older who use the microwave popcorn, they ain't nothing like movie popcorn. And the little girl said, would you like butter? I said, is it sunny outside? <laughs> so, go ahead. Well, it ain't on Thursday. <laughs> go ahead, Jason. And just for a public service, and for a public service announcement, um, you can go to the website for that movie, and if you can't afford a ticket, they got a little scan code you can take a picture of, and they'll give you a free ticket to go watch the movie. So, there you go. You don't have an excuse to go, out to go see the movie. Um, 
and it'll open your eyes. Uh, and the thing that opened my eyes about it was the first scene of the movie was in Honduras. But it wasn't Camagua, it was in the capital city. Uh, and uh, anyway, uh, and it wound up in Tijuana, Mexico, and other Colombia, and all other places. Yes? Yes, they, uh, there's no U U.S. government uh, uh, agency or monies being spent in, ca in freeing the children. That's more about catching the guys doing it rather than freeing the kids. So the, the job, so as I'm concerned, is only half done. But anyway. We can go on for hours for this. Uh, any other praises and prayer requests? Anything at all? Go ahead, Roger. Any others? Go ahead, Kathleen. Um, I, Deb Kimbrough is on this list. I had asked Robin last night to add, him, to add her to the list. Uh, she's a girlfriend from high school. She has bladder cancer, and she will be having an operation this Tuesday. So if you think of it, please keep her in your prayers. Okay. Any other? He's finding out that age has its drawbacks. Yes, ma'am. Any other? Jason?
Um, without chasing that rabbit too far because that's an important subject uh, they're being indoctrinated and that's where that's coming from and it's demonic in nature so that's why um, um, the kids are rebellious this day any more than they are any other day but we're getting closer and closer to whenever the Lord's going to come back I don't know when but the world is getting more and more out in view of the evil they're doing rather than hiding it like they did for decades. And so uh, we're becoming aware of things that we never would have thought of when we were a child uh, or when, you know, when we were coming up. Uh, and so it's prevalent. It's always been prevalent because King Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. I got, I got to stop right there. I, I, will, I will get to preaching here in a minute. And, um, Right. What? Yeah. And so they're being raised Christian. They're being raised, and they're being whether they sit here and listen or not, they're getting it by osmosis. But then they have to go out like we do after all of our years of experience, and they have to deal with this society issues brand new. Without having the, the, the wisdom and the background that we have going out in it. Um, and so it's a dangerous time for our kids. It's, a it's always been dangerous for our children, but more especially today. Uh, they're being inundated. They have, they have access to stuff that they should never have access to at the touch of a finger. They have all these things going on right now. You know, and, and then, uh, of course, they play their... Their electronic games and where you know we used to go outside and play I'm so I'm I'm, I'm just gonna do this we used to go outside and play you know the, we didn't have to worry about anything because the phones were connected to the wall and they had a cord on it all right and when we came in we had three channels four if you were lucky and if the TV wasn't coming in exactly right and little lines going across it, one of us had to go outside and listen for somebody to say stop and turn that pole. They don't have that. 
You know, they don't have any of that. And, and then we went from black and white TV to color TV. I remember the first time I seen Batman and Robin in color. I, liked, I, was, I was flabbergasted. And that was in the early 60s. And uh, so things have changed. You know, um, we drank out of a water hose. We rode our bicycles barefooted with shorts and no knee pads or elbow pads. You know, we played baseball and we didn't have masks on our face. Uh, that's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. When you're a member of a church and we dedicate, Baptists dedicate babies. We do not christen them. Because that child, when that child is christened, that's considered baptism. And they don't know why they're being baptized. They are an infant. They cannot make a decision of salvation as an infant. So we dedicate the child to God. And we collectively as that church praise God and commit to God that we will help that family come along and raise that child. That's what a dedication is about. The church dedicates to that young family that we're going to dedicate ourselves to help you raise this child to know the Lord. Now, then they'll get to a certain age, which is called the age of accountability, and they will have to answer for themselves, yes or no, they're going to follow Jesus Christ. And there is no, well, by 14 or 15. There are people who are 50 years old who have never reached the age of accountability. They don't have the mental capacity to make that reasonable thing. And they're covered. They're the little children. What did God say about hurting my little children? It is better than better than you had never been born. And that a millstone had been tied around your neck and tossed in the depths of the ocean. What does he call us? His little children. So when somebody harms a Christian, they had better than ever been born. They had better never been born. See, we just don't, we, we are, we take and we narrow it down, the Word of God. A child of God. It says, don't forsake the children from coming to me. Yes, the little ones, but also the grown little ones. The grown little ones. Just think about that. We were, we were, we were young when we came to him, some of us. Some of us, we were later in life. But we were children because we didn't know how to love. We didn't know what love was. We thought we did the way the world dictated it. But the way Christ dictated it, we didn't know. Because you can't love without him indwelling in you. You just can't. And so that's the command to give us. To love your neighbor as yourself. Just think if this just crowd right here did that. Love your neighbor as yourself. Anybody here going to walk out and mash their thumb on purpose? No. Anybody here going to walk out and, and hurt some, your own feelings with the words you say? No. Don't do it to somebody else. Because you're supposed to love them like yourself. And I'm going to be honest with you. Jerry is not going to do anything to hurt Jerry on purpose. And so that means I can't do anything on purpose to hurt you. And vice versa. My job is to come alongside you. And your job is to come alongside me. And we're to go through this life together. Jesus said, my, my, my yoke is light. 
When he brings you to salvation, all the baggage and all the junk is left at the cross. Don't go back and pick it up. You're dragging yourself down. You're wearing yourself out over something that's already been forgiven. If he forgives you, you need to forgive you. There is no sin under the sun that Christ cannot forgive. None. His mercy and his grace is bigger than our sin. He always has been. He always will be. Anyway, <laughs> let me pray and then we will get to sing the next song and I'll try to preach something. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so let's go to Lord in prayer. Father God, we love you. Lord, we thank you that you give us wisdom and you give us desires and you give us these, these, these thoughts and these concerns for the children. And Lord, I know this movie is out and it, it's stirring our hearts and it's making us angry. And Lord, that is one of your attributes is anger. But you use your anger... To, steer, to stir us to action. And we need to be wise about what we do. We need to seek your counsel in how we do it. Lord, I thank you for this group here, this congregation of believers that is here to worship you and to love on each other. I can honestly say this church has not lost its first love. However, Lord, we need to we need to stoke the fires. The night has passed. It's time to put new wood for the morning to take the chill off the air. It's time to put whole logs in and, and open the dampener so we can cook breakfast. And that breakfast being your word so we can nourish ourselves and go out into this world and farm this world for you. Lord, we love you. Be with each one on this prayer list. Lord, you know who they are. You know the situation. The families that are, that are grieving. Those that are having surgeries. And, and, and Lord, the, those that are going to meet and go to the movie. And, and all of those that were mentioned on the prayer list. And, and Lord, we just lift them up. Those that have injuries uh, from work. Those that have injuries from falls and making mistakes. Lord, we just... Ask you to heal us so that we can be 100% ready on the battlefield for you. Lord, I love you. And ask all this in your holy and precious name. Amen. If you would please, if you would please stand and turn to 511, our offertory hymn is The Solid Rock. Hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. 
On Christ the solid rock I stand All other ground is sinking sand All other ground is sinking sand When darkness seems to hide his face I rest on his unchanging grace In every high and stormy gale My anchor holds within the veil On Christ the solid rock I stand All other ground is shifting sand All other ground is sinking sand His oath, His covenant, His blood Support me in the whelming flood When all around my soul gives way He then is all my hope and stay On Christ the solid rock I stand All other ground is sinking sand All other ground is sinking sand When he shall come with trumpet sound Oh, may I then in him be found Dressed in his righteousness alone Faultless to stand before the throne On Christ the solid rock I stand All other ground is sinking sand All other ground is sinking sand Well, once again, uh, welcome again to Deep Creek. I'm going to have an abbreviated sermon today, uh, but that's okay. Um, If you, we're going to travel a little bit uh, in the Bible. Um, I was uh, looking at at prophecies, different prophecies, and different little things that 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 I never thought of before. And I, you have to understand that 
Uh, I've read this book cover to cover about four, five, six times. Um, a lot of it I did it cover to cover doing research when I was getting my degree. <clears throat> and, uh, and so when you're doing things like that, you're reading to find an answer rather than reading to study. And, uh, and so I ran across this, and it inspired me, and so I'm going to share it with you. Uh, we're going to start in the Old Testament, and we're going to wind up in the book of Revelation. So um, let's start in Deuteronomy chapter 17 in the front. <laughs> We're going to read in verse 18. Now in Deuteronomy, you're getting a list of things to do and things to expect and things that must be done. And so in verse 18, they're talking about the king. The choice of a king, it said... And so in verse 18 it says, And it shall be that when he sitteth upon the throne of his kingdom, that he shall write him a copy of this law in a book out of that which is before the priest and Levite. And it shall be with him, and he shall read therein all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord his God, to keep the words of, the, of this law and these statutes to do them. That his heart may, may not be lifted up above his brethren, and that he turn not aside from the commandment uh, to the right hand or to the left, to the end that he may prolong his days in his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. This is what the king has to do. Once he, he has to do this, he's charged to read the law every day. He's charged not to go to the right, not to go to the left, but stay straight down the path as long as he's the king of England, or, or of Israel, excuse me. I've seen a picture of him on the way over here this morning. That's where it popped in my head. Um, but as long as he's in the midst of Israel, if they do this, they're going to be okay. So, let's turn to Jeremiah. Chapter 31. Yeah. In verse 31. It says, Behold, the day is come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenants that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break. Although I was, I was an husband unto them, saith the Lord. But this shall be a covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days saith the Lord. I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts, and will be their God, and they shall be my people. All right, so you got Deuteronomy telling that the king will write his law. 
And he shall follow it. And he should not think of himself above his brethren. And then we come to Jeremiah, and the Lord is telling you that he's going to change the covenant. There's going to be a new covenant, and he's going to write that covenant on the hearts of men. Let's go to Romans. Or excuse me, Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 16. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. And their sin and iniquities will I remember no more. Now, where a remission of these is, is there, is no more offering for sin. Having therefore, brethren, boldness, a boldness to enter into the holiest by the Lord or by the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way which he hath consecrated for us through the veil that is to say his flesh. Let's pray. Father God, I love you and I thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for this word. I thank you for connecting the dots from Old to New Testament. Lord, I just love you. Open it up to us. Give me the ability to be able to connect these dots coherently. Lord, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So we started in Deuteronomy. When was Deuteronomy written? It was written after they had gotten into the wilderness. And the tribes were there and God spoke to them and the scribes and Moses was telling them what the Lord said and they were right. And then Jeremiah, the prophet, he's standing at the time that he makes those statements in the court of Judah before the king. And he's making these statements. Now he's going to eventually, he's going to suffer for it. But the, thus says the Lord. And he puts it out there. And they didn't like it. They didn't like it at all. Because previously, the last time he talked, they drug him out of there when he told them that their line was cursed. <laughs> so, uh, but he tells them what it is. Then we get to Hebrews, and the author of the book of Hebrews is telling us in the 10th chapter, this is the new, wherefore the Holy Ghost also, in verse 15, is the witness to us after that he had said before. He told us in the Old Testament, there's going to be a new king, there's going to be a new covenant, and that king's going to write his covenant on the hearts and minds of his people. We receive the Holy Ghost when we come to salvation. It indwells us. The same Holy Ghost that inspired the, the disciples. The same Holy Ghost that helped part the Red Sea. The same Holy Ghost that Elijah used, or Elijah used to, to, keep that, to raise that woman's son and to multiply the flour and oil so that they wouldn't run out. The same Holy Ghost that calls the world to stand still. The same Holy Ghost that caused a donkey to talk to save a man's life. The same Holy Ghost that indwells us is that same Holy Ghost. The same Holy Ghost that was scooting over the face of the deep 
when the earth was without form and void, that Holy Ghost resides in us the moment we accept Jesus Christ. Period. He tells us so. At that moment, you become a new creation. I endow you with a new heart. You're like a babe. You have to learn. You have to be coddled. You have to be nurtured in the Word. You have to be nurtured so that you can grow to maturity and stand and have a talk with others about the Bible. That you can defend your faith without a show of hands, a rhetorical question. Are there any in here that cannot defend their faith? Is anybody in here that cannot defend the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin? Is there anybody here that cannot defend that there's only one way to heaven and that is through Jesus Christ? He said so. Not the messenger. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So you got all these people out there in the world telling you all roads lead to heaven. No, they don't. One road leads to heaven, the other roads lead to hell. That's, that's a fact. That is a fact. And if you think this book is a metaphor, then everything in it is a metaphor. But if you think this book is a God-breathed inspiration of God written, 66 different authors at 66 different times, and it's coherent, and they all line up together, you know what the odds of that are? A lot. A lot. The prophecy that was put in the Old Testament that's been fulfilled in the New Testament by Christ. The prophecy in the New Testament pushing toward the ultimate prophecy that are being fulfilled today. All you have to do is know what it says and look and you see it happening. I think we're in the third trimester, myself. You ladies understand that. We're in the short rows. The baby's kicking. The baby's getting, making us uncomfortable. We're having to talk about things we don't never had to talk about before. We're having to address issues that we never had to address before. And you have to understand the reason behind some of the things that's going on. If you listen a little bit to the news and, and do more than sound bites, you'll understand what's behind a lot of this. First off, the number one issue is, is satanic. All right, but to get down to it, the vice president of the United States, now I'm just going to, this is information, it's not part of the sermon, made a statement over the week that in order for climate change to work in the United States, we had to depopulate. Now you understand why transitioning genders is so important. Because what they're doing is sterilizing these kids. When they have a transition, sexual transition, to, from one to the other, they are eunuchs. They are sterile. Men and children are being castrated. Women or having the opposite. I don't know what you call it. Hysterectomies to become something else. I guess. I don't know. But the purpose is depopulation. Why? The less people there are in the world, the easier it is to control. 
Why do you think they're making everything in school so hard for these children to confuse them? You know, they don't teach logic. They don't teach how to solve problems. Because when you're a problem solver, that's a free thinker and that's dangerous to people that want to control you. And it's getting worse. It's getting worse. And then I go to Revelation. The book of Revelation. I don't think we're the church at Laodicea. But I think it would behoove us to to understand what was going on there because we could very easily get there. Very easily get there. Not by hook or crook, but by apathy. The, the biggest hindrance to Christianity today is apathy. And, and we have accepted a way to get around doing what God's called us to do by using the term that's not my calling, Pastor. God didn't call me to that. And so in verse 14 of chapter 3 of Revelation, it says, Unto the angel of the church of Laodiceans, write these things, saith the, the Amen, the faithful and the witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, and thou art neither cold nor hot, I would thou weren't cold or hot. He wished they were either one. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich, and increased with the goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked, I counsel thee to buy of gold, to buy of me gold, tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and while, and, and white remnant, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eyesight, and thou art and that thou mayest see, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne. You notice it said, in my throne. Not on my throne, in my throne. In my throne, even as I also overcame, and I am set down with my Father in his throne, he that hath an ear, let him hear that the Spirit saith unto the churches. It would be easy to get there. It would be easy to get there. Keep not being hot. Keep not 
moving forward. Keep not reading the Bible. Keep not praising God and seeking Him in all things. And I'll guarantee you, it'd be like we're on a, the Autobahn in Germany. We'll get there pretty quick. I refer back to the couple of rock and roll songs. ACDC had a song called Highway to Hell. And then there was a song, Stairway to Heaven. See the difference? There's a big difference. When there's a highway to hell, man, they're getting there. I bet there ain't no traffic jams on that road. But I bet the stairway to heaven is a lonely walk. Except we got our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ walking with us. And when you die, there won't be an angel to usher you home. There'll be Jesus Christ meeting you. Jesus Christ will meet you. If you die and you see angels coming to meet you, it ain't good. It ain't good. They're demonic. They're taking you to hell. Period. So, I'm going to leave you with this. What do you need to do? What do you need to do with the law that's been written on your heart? What do you need to do if it has never been written on your heart? That's the question. Only you can answer it. Your mamas can't answer it. Your daddies can't answer it. Your brothers, your sisters, your uncles, your grandmas, grandpas, aunts, uncles. Nobody can answer that but you. See, mom and dads can give you a lineage. They can bring you here to the church. They can set you here. And you can listen to all of this. And still not know who Jesus Christ is in your heart. Simple. That's a decision that you need to make. And the older you get, the harder it is to make it. The harder it is to make it. With that said, I want no one to leave here without having made a commitment for Christ. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I love you and I thank you for this day. And Lord, I thank you for this message. Pray God that we will never, ever become lukewarm. I pray, Lord, that we won't ever become cold, that we will remain hot. I ask you, Lord, to pump the billows on the coals so that we can regain the heat of the forge so you can temper us to go out into this world on the battlefield for your kingdom. Lord, I love you and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand. Our closing hymn today will be 522 in his time. Show me.
your time, in your time, you make all things beautiful in your time. Lord, my life to you I bring, may each song I have to sing be to you a lovely thing in your time. Let's go out this week. Think about it. Are you on fire? Are you cold? Are you hot? Or are you just lukewarm? Those of us who work outside and it's hot and you get a drink of water out of the water cooler and it's warm or just it's cool, it ain't cold, what do you do with it? You spit it out. Do you, you want cold water. Why? Cool, clear water. Mm-hmm. It's good for you. Water is good for you. Think about that. Think about your position. Think about where your heart is. And what you can need to do to kind of turn the ship. Think about that this week as you go out. Uh, Brother Stephen, will you close us in prayer, please? Really bothered. Thank you, Lord, for this time. Thank you, Lord, for the message that we heard and we apply it to our hearts. Lord, this week, Lord, help us, Lord, to evaluate our own lives. Lord, help us, Lord, to cast away those weights that we drag us down. Lord, help us, Lord, to be more involved in studying your word, praying, receiving the lost, Lord. And they may come to know you as the Lord said. Keep us safe till we meet again. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.